welcome to another episode of Parminio for the modern day chief of staff meetings and how the chief of staff uses best practices to drive effective meetings that leave participants with positive emotions associated with those meetings. That is the goal of what we're trying to convey um, during this podcast. All right, so before we get into it, we're going to go over um, what we're going to cover. First of all, just we're going to at a high level discuss how organizations as they grow have an increasing need for coordination and communication, um, two-way dialogues, and thus more interpersonal meetings occur in the organization. We're also going to discuss how and why it's important for the chief of staff to run effective meetings and what that means for the organization. We're then going to go into an example. We're going to talk about the daily stand-up meeting. We're going to describe what it is, how it originated, what it's for, and we're going to discuss kind of how that can be transformed if you use some of these best practices along with some other research that's been done on the daily stand-up by uh, PhDs and researchers. We're then going to get into um, the best-in-class behaviors. These are process behaviors, you know, how meetings are structured, content behaviors, what's the content, and facilitation and leadership behaviors. There's been research done on all these things, and it tells us that if you do and structure meetings in specific ways and um, model specific behaviors, you're much more likely to have effective meetings and to have meetings that are perceived um, by the participants to have positive emotions associated with them. So those are the behaviors we want to model, right? And then we're going to go back to the daily stand-up and just talk about how that might be changed um, by putting some of these behaviors into effect. Also, uh, uh, combining that with what other researchers have discovered and their recommendations for the daily stand-up. Okay, so let's get into it here. Um, Obviously, as organizations grow, um, you add more locations, you have a more diverse workforce, people that speak um, differently about topics. You might be a young startup that is developers, and then you grow and you add other people, um, business development, finance, whatever, and people speak a little bit differently about things. As you're growing, there's an increased need for coordination and communication. And thus, you're going to have to face a time where you start to put more structure in your organization and add more meetings. And as such, what we want to do, and whether you're a small organization or a large organization, you want to construct and structure meetings along with the content of them. Um, and as well as how the facilitator behaves in such a way that we can maximize the effectiveness of the meeting and maximize the participants' um, perceptions of it emotionally because positive emotions with meetings have been shown to drive more effective meetings, right? Um, It's important for the chief of staff to know these things, of course, because why? Uh, because most chiefs of staffs are going to be facilitating meetings at some point, structuring them, putting content together, 
um, we want to drive effective meetings because doing so will be able to pace the operating cycle of the business at a faster pace. We're going to get more done. We're going to be more effective. We're going to be more decisive. Participants will have more positive associations with them that then carries outside of the meeting into the workplace and we show more progress and progress is associated with more positive emotions. So it all builds on top of each other. As we're doing that, we can also influence others in the organization. I can be modeling these skills and behaviors. Other people can be watching them and taking some on. I can be mentoring and coaching others in the organization with these skills. I might even offer to teach a, a small informal course uh, in my workplace and just kind of go through some of these things. The chief of staff has such a role where they can provide leadership and modeling to the entire organization um, and do so in an effective way. That's why these things obviously are very important. Okay, so let's go with a specific example now. And we're just gonna talk about the daily stand-up because it's a, it's a meeting a lot of people are aware of, especially in the tech space and startup space. It's originated in kind of the developer world and, and the methods of Agile and Scrum. And typically what it is, it's a short time-boxed meeting, 15 minutes. The people who come together stand in a circle um, and they answer three questions. What did I do yesterday? What am I doing today? And what are the obstacles I face? First question is kind of a status update. The second two get more into problem solving and other things, right? <clears throat> and the people go around in the circle and give answers to these things. That's basically the construct and how it works. Uh, obviously, it's been used by developers for quite some time. Many startup organizations, tech organizations use it. It's been expanded into kind of outside of just the developer realm in some organizations. But that's how it's structured, all right? We're gonna come back to this um, after we walk through some um, best-in-class behavior things to see how this might be impacted by it. Okay, so what we know from the research, because there has been quite a bit of research done, believe it or not, on meetings and meeting effectiveness and what drives effective meetings and how participants associate those meetings with positive and negative behaviors. And if we look at the research, we can get a number of things out of it that can help us as facilitators, as chiefs of staff, to run more effective meetings. Um, by understanding these things and these behaviors and by modeling them and practicing them, we can be more effective facilitators and leaders within the organization, all right? Uh, Perkins, who did some research in 2009, what, what, they, what they found out was that leaders and facilitators that spend half of their time on content behaviors and half of their time on process behaviors related to meetings had more effective meetings. What that means is um, spending their time on both of those things led to more effective results. Um, process behaviors are things like starting and ending on time, making sure everyone's involved, having no distractions, no sidebars, no things going on on the side. People are involved and they're listening. Um, and it also involves the facilitator behavior, which we're going to talk about. Content behaviors are having things like clear objectives. What is this meeting for? 
clear participant participation. Why are you here and why is it important? So you got to remember, one of the most important things to participants is that they get something out of the meeting. That is either important information that's shared, um, and that comes out of research done by Allen in 2012. If the meeting is relevant to me and it's important to me, um, then it's important and it's seen as valuable. That's research what was done by Leach in 2009. And content that is um, proactive communications during the meeting that drives group discussion. That leads to more positive group moods. Um, that was research done by Myers and Lehman Willenbrock in 2011. Those specific content related factors um, what are we talking about? Do we have clear objectives? Are we problem solving? Those things will lead to higher performance, more effective meetings, and more positive emotions of the participants associated with those meetings. Thus, if you're putting together content for a meeting, you want to really take your time. Clear, succinct objectives. What are we trying to achieve during this meeting? Who's coming and why? who's impacted versus who has an interest. Obviously, people who are impacted, um, they have a higher level of need to attend. So really thinking about these things before you just throw out a meeting and invite people will have a big impact on the effectiveness of it. What Perkins also found out was that the typical leader and facilitator, they would spend 80% of their time on content only 20% on process behaviors. So what we know is process behaviors, starting and ending on time, getting everyone involved, no distraction, facilitator behavior, is really important to effective meetings, okay? So as you're running meetings and facilitating them, you wanna be practicing these things, rehearsing these things so that you have it down and you're modeling the behaviors that will lead to effective meetings and positive emotions associated with those meetings. Now let's move on to uh, facilitator behavior. One of the things we know from other research, we've talked about it before, is that organizations that have high levels of psychological safety um, have higher performing teams. Uh, Google, uh, they spent millions researching how and why it, and what it takes to get high-performing teams. What they found out was that teams that had the highest level of psychological safety had the best-performing teams. Now, psychological safety in an organization means I feel comfortable inputting my, my thoughts. I feel comfortable participating. I feel comfortable raising questions and problems because I won't, I won't be disrespected. I won't be belittled. People will listen to me. So facilitator behavior, which is open and accessible and drives high levels of psychological safety during the meeting, and also is focused on those process things, will drive what? More effective meetings, higher levels of input, more participant satisfaction. Okay, so there's five basic um, behaviors we're gonna talk about from facilitator behavior um, that lead to these things. Um, one and two are listening actively along with positive body language. So I'm, I'm engaged, I'm focused on the person talking, I'm nodding my head, I'm smiling, 
I'm, I'm open body language. I'm, I'm open and accessible. I'm not negative. What do they see? That people are acknowledging me. People are listening to me. My input is important. That drives higher levels of psychological safety and input in the meeting. All right. Next is respect, meaning don't interrupt. Allow the speakers to finish. Um, again, I'm heard. People respect me. I want to participate. We're going to drive higher levels of participation, more effective meetings, and more positive emotions associated with that. Fourth is positive feedback. Um, asking clarifying questions, um, rephrasing what people said, um, summarizing what they said, all those things so that people are listening and people are acknowledging what I'm saying. That will increase input, increase effectiveness of the meetings. And five is seeking input from all. That's important. The notion that everyone is participating is important in team cohesion and levels of team effectiveness. So a good facilitator is managing the process of the meeting, managing the content, and facilitating using these skills. Listening actively, positive body language, respecting people, positive feedback, and seeking input from all. Those things will drive more effective meetings and will drive higher levels of positive emotions associated with those meetings which carry outside of the meeting. What we want to do here is engage and impact the meeting and the organization. Doing these things will lead to higher levels of participation, more effectiveness, higher levels of emotional positive uh, thoughts associated with these meetings. And it works to what? Help us keep the operating cycle moving, making decisions, and taking action. Progress and direction. We're not languishing in these meetings. All these things will have a very positive effect on your organization. Um, okay, let's go back to the daily stand-up now and how that might be affected from what we talked about. Um, Stray, Moe, and Schoberg out of the University of Oslo did research on the daily stand-ups at different organizations. And based upon what they found, they come up with five recommendations. And when you hear the recommendations, a lot of it aligns with the stuff we just talked about. Number one is limit the size to no more than 12 people. They found that when the group got too large for the daily stand-up, problem solving and discussion decreased, meeting uh, participant satisfaction decreased along with it. So that's important to know. Number two, um, they said omit question one. And if you remember what question one was, it was, what did I do yesterday? Um, participants find that as a status-related question that doesn't need to be talked about at the meeting. P participants didn't get value from it. Participants get value from problem solving and conversation about problems. So the focus should be more on questions two and three. Um, their third recommendation was share the facilitator role. One of the things they found out was that when people were um, talking and answering their questions, that they were focused solely on the facilitator. They weren't engaging in discussion and dialogue with other people. Sharing the facilitator role increased that communication and dialogue. And a lot of people in tech companies and startups are probably familiar with that. Pass the baton. There's different mechanisms that you can use 
to uh, share the facilitator role, but that increases dialogue and communication. Fourth was to schedule the meeting right before lunch. And they made this change in some organizations. They tested it and they had positive results. Basically, um, people only experience one interruption if you schedule it and you piggyback it on lunch. If you have the meeting at 10 a.m. and then lunch is at 11.30, uh, there's two breaks, there's two interruptions. Again, research shows us that when people have interruptions and they go back to work, they have a warm-up period, uh, 10 to 15 minutes before they get back in the sink of their work. So the fewer interruptions, the more productive and the more people appreciate it because people want to get work done. And then finally, um, their final recommendation was adapt the frequency if needed. If it makes sense to have it three times a week, try that and see how the group dynamics are and how, how it works for them in terms of problem solving and communication. So we can see the kind of before and after of the daily stand-up, um, kind of before the typical daily stand-up and the after, after we start to take and put some of these process behaviors and content behaviors into play, right? And facilitation behaviors. And we can see how that changes the dynamics of it. <clears throat> the main goal here is to understand that if we have mastery over process and content behaviors, along with facilitation behaviors, the chief of staff can drive and pace more effective meetings, meetings that have positive emotions associated with them from the participants, meetings which are driving and pacing the organization to operate at a faster and higher velocity, meetings that have a higher level in terms of the psychological effect of people on the organization. We're moving, we're making progress, we're not languishing. All these things will be positive for the organization, positive for the chief of staff, and allow you to make a mark on an organization in a really unique way, all right? So once again, we wanna thank you for listening to this episode of Parminio.